I'm Mitch. I'm Keith. And this is the Layman's Term Show. The Layman's Term Show, where a couple lay people, not, not clergy, clergy, talk about where life and faith intersect and have some fun conversations. Welcome back. Hey, buddy. How you been this week? I've been great. You? Man, I've been I've been really I've been really great, except for all this smoke has brought my allergies back. Um, uh, sorry, I f- we forgot bobblehead Jesus for the table. And so your allergies are allergies are back. You because blame that, it on, on the smoke. Smoke, yeah. Like so, the, we're getting the haze Canadian from the Canadian wildfires, wildfires are coming uh, in from this northern wind. I was good. I had the allergies what last week or two weeks ago on the podcast, and I was great. And we got my Claritin in me. Not a sponsor should be. And. uh and now this smoke, man, I can't even drive with the windows down. I was I was with one of the kids at soccer practice last night, and I had to bail and sit in the car and watch her from the car for 45 minutes of it because I was just like, water works. Ugh. I'm yeah. sorry, pal. Man, that sucks. Well, it sounds like you're doing okay right now, though. Yeah, I'm doing great because I came here with the windows up. All right. So. Well, I want to talk about trust. Oh, oh man. Because uh, we'd started a new series. Um we're going to talk about trust. We're going to reference a little bit of Henry Cloud stuff. I do love Henry Cloud, mm-hmm. psychologist, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, writer, prolific writer, counselor um, from the Christian perspective. Really like the Henry Cloud stuff. Um, and he's he has a book, uh, Trusting in God, or Trust, I think is just the title of the I think book. it's just so trust, the, yeah. The Could be. point is trusting in God. Uh, and I want to talk about want to talk about a little bit of that um, and kind of how we trust, we increase or decrease in trust. Is it still summer? Yeah, your kids still sucking down <laughs> juice boxes in the I, podcast. I, I, studio? I don't know if if you guys can hear it, but we do have a little kiddo in the room. Hey, buddy, it's empty. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, so. Um, so we want to. What do you, do you find yourself, Keith? Icebreaker question. Yeah. Do you find yourself increasing or decreasing in your trust of the world around you as you age, as you mature, as times change, as time marches on, as um, culture either changes or your perspective to it changes? I'm you gonna, headed I'm gonna... further into trust or? further away from trust. I'm going to be maybe a little controversial with this answer. I think you're just going to be honest. And I'm going well, to be honest, but I think some people will argue against it, but oh. I think I'm becoming more trusting. I think that's because you couldn't have been less trusting to begin with. Well, that's that's really it. Um, 20 years in retail uh, will make you not trust anyone and everyone around you. Like, And, and specifically working in a retail store do you think prior to that you had a predispensation to uh, cynicism? I was no, I was very trusting um, prior to it. Um, as a matter, of, as a matter of fact, my my parents used to, and this is wildly accurate of me, and it, I, I've got plenty of examples. Um, but I was very trusting of people until until they did something to to not earn my, you know, to lose my trust, right? But then I was. I, I would never really forgive that individual and trust them again. It was just like, yeah. relationship. But if I first meet you, 
incredibly trusting. You know, they would they would you know they would say that you know I had my heart on a sleeve, right? Like I would I would talk to anybody, have a good time with anybody, you know, until um, there was some you know event or something that that um, you know I lost my trust. But when I started working. Uh, and originally I started working in, you know, as a, as a teenager, late teens, I started working in restaurants and I, I still think that was fine. Like, I don't think my trust changed much, but when I, I remember in college, when I started working in retail in the beginning, everything was great. But as I rose the ranks and became like a supervisor and a manager dealing with some of the worst situations, yeah, you know, um, and the way that people treat you is amazing. That like like the thought that you're gonna walk into a place and you're gonna call somebody call the person that has the power to help you in this situation, you're gonna yell at them and call them names and insult them, and that's somehow gonna get what you want out of it, right? And when you deal with like that situation, I was I was in very large stores that would do you know 60 70 80 million dollars plus a year right so high traffic high volume right and um terrible man i would probably four or five incidences per day of just there's an issue you know and they they need a resolution and the, the funny thing is uh i still do this today now that i'm not in that environment if you're just nice to people They'll be nice to you back. You know, if you just, if you have a, if you have a problem, you just walk in and you're just like, Hey, I don't know. Could be my fault. You know, I, you know, you, you try to take some of the blame. Could be my fault. I didn't understand this or whatever. Like yeah. help me out. Yeah. And you're going to get help. Doing Andy done. Yeah. I, uh, I bought a, I bought a, a cooler, mm-hmm. an expensive cooler. Yeah. And. A knockoff version. A knockoff version of, expen- of a really expensive. Yeah, cooler. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Art Arctic is the brand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, call them out. I'm yeah. very pleased. Should be a sponsor. They should be pleased with the brand. It was, but it was a it's a nice cooler and it had this ice pack divider. Mm. Little slot down the mm. middle. Ice pack. Little tapered ice pack goes down in there. I didn't cool. recognize it was tapered at the time. I freeze it. Because you freeze the ice pack, right, and then it goes it to the divider in the cooler. So first time I go to use the cooler, I'm going to use the ice pack. I was like, ooh, I'm going to get my ice pack out of the freezer. I'm going to use the cooler. Anyway, I grab it. I throw it in the cooler. It goes three-quarter of those ways down and just stops. Mm. And I thought, ah, ice pack swelled a little bit. Needs a little help. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, it's trapezoidal. Yeah. It's a wedge yeah. shape. Yeah, it only goes oh, in one way. Oh, ever so slightly. Yeah. But I had it upside down. Yeah. So I just give it a little shove, chump, chump, chump. you know, to help it down in there. And it goes boom and breaks the cooler. Just oh, cracks, no, the whole cooler? cracks the whole inside oh, of the cooler. Two, two spots. Um, so I sent Arctic an email. And my email went something like this. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this ice pack was designed to go totally into this way. cooler only one direction. However, in my ignorance... And my inability to rationally and quickly understand spatial awareness of what I'm dealing with, I put your ice pack in upside down. Furthermore, upon realizing that it went only halfway down and didn't go further, instead of investigating, I shoved I it. Shoved it. 
This resulted in the cooler cracking and breaking. Is there anything that can be Please done? Let Please let me know if there's anything I can do. Yeah. And they said, sure, put it in a box. Send it to us. Oh, we'll send you a new nice cooler. That was very nice of them. I have a, I have a very similar story. Didn't they even to sent me. me a sticker to ship it to them, I think. I didn't even have label? to pay. I didn't even have to pay oh, to send it back. that's very nice. Which. That's very nice. It's not a small item. Anyway. Uh, my, my mom bought a crock pot in like the 70s, right? Like early 70s. And the lid broke to it. Okay. And she loved this crock pot. She's had it for, you know, 40 years or something, right? And so she sent crockpot an email that was like hey this lid broke i know this thing's really old but i don't know if you still manufacture a, a lid or got a replacement i'll be happy to buy it right so the uh crockpot emailed by hey what's your address blah 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 we'll we'll get you we'll get you hooked up and she's like oh here's my address blah blah, blah. they sent her a brand new crockpot Instead of like the address of local thrift stores that retail yeah, crockpots yeah. from the seventies. Well, I mean, that's the yeah. No, I mean they send her a brand new crockpot. That's awesome. It's it's amazing. The 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 amount and see, of and that that's that's just, niceness. That's just good business. It's good business, and when you when you you know take some ownership on the situation, and you you know you be a little nice, you get a little nice back, right? Um, and I think that over the years of not being in that environment. Um, and really it's, and it's been more, it, you know, when I got out of an actual store and got into the field and really dealt with people one-on-one in their own homes and stuff like that, um, you dealt with those situations a lot less. Right. And so I, over the years I've, I've kind of slowly come back towards, I think the vast majority of people you're starting to trust again are trustworthy. I do too. I think the vast majority of people are trustworthy. Uh, I think it's one of those situations where a small percentage ruin it for the rest of us. Well, and I think your example um, with your time in, in the retail stuff is you were steeped in a situation of um, of negative, like a concentration. Right. Uh, you know, yes. it's like... Um, Oh, who was it? It was. It's like some of the some of the big social media stuff. Um, there's there's teams of folks who are responsible for deciding content that needs to come down. Yeah, right, right. right so right, they right. go through eight hours a day of negative of going through yes. toxic toxic okay. drudging through toxic content and mm-hmm. being the decision maker on to mm-hmm. whether it gets pulled down or not and. Could you imagine what that could do, right? Like what, how that can change your, your perceptions of of things. Exactly. And I think, I think that, um, when you, when you look at, when you look at the, when you look at the trust or not trust and relating this to back to trusting God or not trusting God, I think it's the same way. I think, I think it is a decision that you have to make. Right. There's influences that will influence your decision, but you're still in control of whether or not you want to act a certain way. Right. And so if you want to be generally trusting of people, um, that's that's great. When you get burnt by someone, then don't don't go 360 and, uh, you know, not trust anyone ever again. Just be like, well, that person's not trustworthy. I'm going to move on. Yeah. Or 
Give him a second chance. Or give him a second chance. Um, so, so yeah. H- yeah. So Henry Cloud says, um, you know, in the book, he says, trust is the fuel for all of life. I love that. Um, so what are some important relationships in your life and how does trust play into them? I mean, easy, obvious one for me is my marriage. Right. That's um, I think uh, parenting is is a phenomenal example of um, of earning that trust with your kids. Like when your kids, it's amazing what your kids can accomplish, how rapidly they grow in their abilities because they trust you, right? You can ask them to, you can encourage them to take those big risks and go beyond themselves. And like, even just like taking a, three-year-old to a playground and watching how amazingly quick they grow whenever they trust the person who's yeah like who's like you can do it you, you can, can do, do these it. monkey bars yeah, let's do, do it you know man. i'll be right here yeah, i'll catch you, you right yeah they trust that you'll catch them <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying yeah or like uh i look at it as the pool too you know you got a younger kid first yeah i'm at the pool they don't want to jump in you know they want to be in the the shallow end you're like come on man i'll, I'll catch you yeah you know and they they trust you fully in that moment um, and make that jump. I think right. that's huge. Um, I think, um, I think also, I think that, that, that important of relationship and trust even goes beyond, um, you know, your immediate family. Oh, of course. If yeah. you look at, uh, like the school district, I mean, you're, you're trusting that your kids are there and learning and safe and, um, you know, you look at you look at your 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 work, right? Normal, you know, work environments. You trust your boss. You trust that the company isn't going to go under, right? So you're working hard because you're you you trust that your job is is safe and secure in that um, environment. So trust is 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 really the glue that kind of hold things together. And I think if you look at any negative situation in your personal life or your um, professional life and you're like, oh, this, this, this is toxic or whatever. Well, it's because there's no trust in in the relationship. And I'd say, you know, I think think one of the profound things is distrust can never improve anything. It can only maintain a stasis, Mm. right? Like Mm. if something's bad and you just have a distrust, well, that relationship is never going to improve. There's no improvement. You can just sure. you can just um, yeah. you can just avoid further harm, right? Which is yeah. sometimes all that can be done in a relationship, right? I get that. Like sometimes the best you can do with a relationship is to do your best to prevent any further pre- any further harm ha- happening to you or someone else. Do you want to hear a funny anecdote about that? Yeah, I wasn't in a funny spot, but hit me. Okay. Well, it's not not hilariously oh, funny. It's not, okay. But- uh, so you know when you when you get a phone call and it's a scam, likely. Yeah. How likely are you to trust? Like, how first of all, answering that, how likely are you to trust anyone on that other side of the line? You know, scam likely. You answer it. You're tired of them calling you. What do you want? You know. Uh, I had a I had a doctor whose call center for appointments oh, no. would come up scam likely, right? And I didn't realize it, you know, yeah, hanging up, hanging all, the up time. all the time. And they keep calling me. And I'm finally like, what do you want? 
They're like, oh, we're here to schedule an appointment with uh, your doctor. I'm like, yeah, right. You know, like I didn't. I, they're like, they finally the lady was like, dude, what's up, man? Like, what's up? And I'm like, do you realize your number comes up as scam likely? She's like, what? No. And I'm like, yeah, you got like, <laughs> I don't know. Are you in Oregon or something? She's like, no, we're here in Kansas City. And I'm like, why is it an Oregon number? Well, anyway. Come to find out, a few months later, the doctor's office was like, yeah, we've come to find out the telephone company routed their calls or to 1-800 number or whatever, and it was owned by an old scam company before. So that's why it comes up scam likely or something. You know, just, well, it was, there it you was funny. It. See? So, the, so, yeah. Yeah. To your point, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing, when you already distrust, you know, the scam likely call. Right, you you can't get anywhere until you're the, you until you trust yes, them exactly exactly. Um. So, uh, you want to talk about Gideon for a minute? I, we know, want to bring in Gideon here. I you know normally I'm not an Old Testament fan, but I like this story. I love this story. Yeah, I so really I love story. I I love this part of scripture. I love um the whole the whole Gideon story. Um, one of my very the very famous favorite sermons that I've ever heard. Um, Jacob Armstrong gave it. It's it, he's out. Not of a sponsor. No, he's out. He would be though. <laughs> um, he's out of a church in Nashville, Providence Church. Uh, amazing. Uh, love his podcast or his services through podcast. Uh, but he has a great. Message. We should have him on sometime. Totally, if he would ever come to Kansas City, or go to Nashville, invite yeah, him onto the show. There you go. Um. Anyway, so Gideon. So uh, he does. Yeah. This is, this is around the time of uh, the the Jewish people have uh, been freed from Egypt, right? And they're kind of you know not same you know not right after, but the same kind of time frame in the Old Testament. So they're still trying to figure out life and the rules. Yeah, like and things the laws will and things will do. get good, and then yeah. they'll drift, and yep. then. They'll Bad get far away from happen. God, and then the life will happen, and yep. they'll be like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And they call upon God, and then God gives them a judge to help deliver them, mm -hmm. um, and uh, through through God, you know, God will deliver them through a judge. Um, and so, anyway, our story, we have, we have Gideon, um, who's, who's hiding from the... Midianites who are just bullies. They're big bullies. They're just big bullies. Yeah. Like, like they'll just so like a till of the hun. Yeah, they'll they just, just come like locusts. Yeah, they'll just come through and trample stuff. They'll like leave you food. alone, and then they'll be like, "Oh, wait a minute, you brought lunch money," and then mm -hmm. they beat you up and take your lunch money. Um, we find Gideon threshing wheat in a wine press, which is. The not the right tool for the job, right? But it, he's hiding mm -hmm. down in a hole. That's all That's he's got. Pretty much what he's doing is he's hiding the little bit of food he has yep. in a hole, scared. That's what we got going on here. Yeah. So that's kind of the context. And he's not a brave person to begin with. Yeah, he's just trying to. He's like he's like eating his lunch in his locker right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, he got thrown in the trash can by a bully, and he's eating his lunch in the trash can. He yeah. just doesn't even worry nope. about getting out. No, nope. he feels like no one will... No, buddy. He's eating lunch in a trash can. Yes. 
and uh, not really a trash can. It's a wine press. But anyway, so um, so God has sent the angel of the Lord to uh, to Gideon. He wants Gideon to deliver his people from the Midianites. Gideon's like, are you sure about this? And like, who are you? Um, it's the angel of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord calls him a mighty warrior, which is like my favorite thing about this whole story is he's the, the bullies got him scared and eating his lunch in his locker, right? And the angel of the Lord calls him a mighty warrior. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, and you can you can you can feel the distrust already. Yeah. But it's and, the foreshadowing. Right? Like it's like it's like, bro. Yeah. Leave me alone. I'm he's eat, like, I'm eating my me? lunch in a trash Excuse can. me. Yeah. I'm not that mighty. And he's like, Are you you know, are you even real? Um, offers an offering. The angel lord uh proves to Gideon he is an angel lord. Um takes the staff and burns the offering immediately. Super which is power creepy. move. Yeah. Power move, angel lord. I mean uh and then um, Gideon's like, okay, kind of trust you, but I'm not so sure about this. Um, and, you know, proclaims out loud how weak he is and how weak his family is and how he's the youngest one. And, um, anyway, all that going on. And, um, he finally gets to this point where <laughs> if he didn't need more reassurance, he still does. And so he lays out a fleece. Yeah. So for the a, Lord, a little a, a few days later, he's got an, an army, people assembled to go fight these these bad dudes, right? Right. And then he's like, oh, "Man, I don't know about this." Needs a little more reassurance. Yeah. And lays out a fleece. Mm-hmm. Um, wants and ask God to, you know, bring the dew upon the fleece. But what's the what's the fleece? The fleece is like the cape. It's a fleece, man. It's a what? I don't. It's a, it's a fleece. It's, I don't. I, I it's understand. Off a sh- it's off a sheep. Yeah, but what do they use it for? A blanket. Staying warm. Yeah, sure. Okay, okay. okay, so he's got this fleece. The fleece is like a shirt, like a garment. Okay, I'm, I'm with you. I assume they're trying to be warm. Yeah. Got it. Got anyway, it. lays it down on the ground. lays it out on the ground. Says. God, you want to do this? You want us to do this thing? Just reassure me and uh, bring the dew exclusively on the fleece. Yeah. Nowhere right. else. Everything yeah. else. And then the fleece dry. got wet, but I mean like super wet. Like soaking wet. Wrung out a bowl of water out bowl of it. Bowl of water. Right? God's like, Everything else God's like, you want a wet fleece? Boom. Okay. Should be enough, right? Yeah. You would Gideon's think. like, all right. I meant the reverse. <laughs> Try that again. I just want to make sure nature didn't cause this. Yep, I just yep. want to be sure that you did it. Yeah. So do the opposite this do time. Do the opposite. Flip that around. Flip and it, it around. Ground soaking wet. Fleece is dry. Gideon uh, finally uh, believes in himself the way God believes in him and his leadership and his ability to deliver the people because God's doing it, not him. Yeah. There you have it. That's Love it. the story. I feel like I feel like um, I feel like people can relate to the story in two ways. 
one one way is the I would say the normal way of you trusting in God and everything's going good for you, right? And then you kind of like, oh, maybe I don't, maybe I don't need as much God in my life because I got this going for yeah, me. Yeah, the early story, right? Yeah. And then and then all of a sudden, you know, you find yourself thrashing wheat in a wine press, and you're like back to trust in God, right? Um, and I'm not saying that you distrust. You just kind of are like, everything's going great in my life. And you just kind of ease off that trust in God, right? Uh, or the opposite, which is when you lay that fleece down and ask God for it to be wet, and it doesn't happen. Hmm. Testing God. Right. Yeah. You know, when you're... Which is not where you want to be. Which is not where you want to be. Um and you know, it's like I think of uh, I think of um, uh, a, a Jesus uh, when he was in the when he was in the desert, and and Satan called him up and said, yeah. "All this can be yours, right?" You know, um, and then he he challenged him. You know, yeah. like, jump on down, jump on, or jump off this mountain, yeah. right? And you know, Jesus was like, "Don't test the Lord." Right? Yeah, like, um, and I think that I think that. A lot of people, not me necessarily, but a lot of people will ask for something, not get it, not get it, not get it, and lose that trust. So what do you do then? Well, I think the pinnacle of trusting the Lord is um, recognizing that that you don't is trusting in the providence of the Lord, trusting in what the Lord has planned for you is in um, there will be good coming out of it, whether that you feel like a direct recipient of that good or not. Yeah. And that's the pinnacle of that trust. And that's a hard pill to swallow when it may just be personally doom and gloom for you mm-hmm. and you have a hard time seeing and or the inability to see anything beyond it. Um, and a related question. So then would you define trust as a feeling or a decision? I think it takes both. You're such a middle grounder. Yeah. No, but I do. I think it takes I think it would take I think it would take both. I think I think there's times in your life where you have to openly decide mm. to trust, proclaim it and call it out and um own it and then and then there's times where that is been ingrained enough that it becomes innate. I was listening to this great podcast about um, the psychology of getting psyched up or getting like athletes getting um, um, in the right headspace mm. for the competition or sure. whatever their headphones on playing some music. Yep, and it can be it could be athletes, it could be um, high profile lawyers, speech it could be givers, you going to a job interview, exactly self prepared before exactly um, and. Um, one of the easiest things you can do, according to this author, uh, is is change your change your perspective on it. So instead of saying, 
I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous. So they did this study and they had people go and do some complex math mm. with like other people watching. So it's like this nerve, right? <laughs> yeah, it, was yeah, this, yeah. it was this yeah. nervous, self-conscious uh -huh, state of things. Uh -huh. So they had one group say before they started it, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous, I'm terrified, I'm terrified, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous. And then they went and did the mm. math. And then the other group say, I'm so excited. I am pumped. This is this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. It's going to going to prove what mm. I can do. I'm going to go show them, show them what I got. I can, you know, math's hard, but I'm doing this. Well, obviously the outcomes were way better with the positive mindset yeah. going into the yeah, same yeah. situation. Um, and I know that was a little bit of a um, derailment here, but that's kind of what we do. But I think, I think, I think when you start trusting the Lord in small stuff and calling it out, um, it becomes, as the stakes raise, it's gonna become easier to trust the Lord. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a really good point. I think, um, I think you're right. I think it's a, I think it's a middle ground. I think that you, I think that you probably tend to lean one direction more than another. And for me, I tend to lean decision, um, more than than feeling because I, I feel like I'm consciously making the choice to leave it up, leave the leave the outcome up to the decision of God, right? Like, and that's and that's like a daily, like almost a daily basis thing, right? Like where it's just like, hey, like wake up in the morning, this day is going to be great. Whatever happens, you know, is uh, I I trust that it's going to be a, a good day, right? And I think I think for for me at least that's the case. More more decision than a feeling. Now, not saying that the feelings haven't happened, but I think it's more of a decision for me. And I think yeah, I think you're more analytical that way. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's and how I, I work. <clears throat> and I'm more sensing. So the one question I want to ask though is. You know, I think I think sometimes with this story, and it can be interpreted lots of different ways. Um, you, you know, like um, was Gideon was Gideon looking for proof and confirmation? Was like Gideon looking to the Lord for confidence in laying out this fleece, or? Do you see it as as testing the Lord, and the Lord just approached him with grace, given his situation of where he comes from? As, hey, yeah, I took the least of these to come out and rise above and create. Like he chose his he chose his conquering hero, um, the smallest one, the youngest one from the weakest family, and God God knew that. Um, how hard getting it had he knew is going to have to have more. Um, it was going to take a little more to. So I look at the that side of it uh, of the story, and I also think like, oh my gosh, like the compassion that God has. Even this Old Testament um, stories where we hear the ferociousness. Um, just the compassion he has to to bring Gideon along slowly. Um, I think Gideon is kind of testing God, but I don't think so. I think I I look at it more as a nervous reassurance. 
Yeah, based on know, his like, based on his situation. Right, like right? so he's he's about to ready to do something he never thought he would do in his entire life, right? Which is lead a army into a battle, right? Yeah. And um the dude just wants to be in a hole eating some wheat. Um and wheat thins, uh shredded wheat, shredded wheat, you know. Um and like he's just like Bro, are you sure I got this? Like, this is me. Yeah. Just check in. I'm going to lay this down. Make he has sure you zero, got the right guy here. He has zero confidence. Zero and he's confidence. looking. Yeah. He's look, And I think that's a really cool relationship. But, I mean, a really cool relationship Gideon has with God that it can have that back and forth reassurance you, relationship. If you look at the story of Moses, it's almost the same. Right? Um, you can look at the story of... Um, uh, uh oh now my 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 brain uh noah yeah right that we we just did um having not that confidence in yourself in, in noah's story to run away from god right uh and god giving you again that opportunity to have that self-confidence to go do what he needs you to do um is amazing the the only difference I think in these stories is that they're open to listen, hmm. right? And so in life, if you're not, yeah, open it's like to Jonah. Listen, Jonah's in this conversation, mm-hmm. in he's actively taking part in the conversation right. with God, even though he's trying to flee. Yeah, and if you're if you're not if you're not open to have that conversation, and at least at least my take is. If you're not willing to have the conversation and willing to share your feelings with, hey, I'm nervous. Can you just do this one thing for me, just to just to show show me that like this is the what you want me to do? Um, you know, I think that's I think that's for me. Okay, now it's not. Hey, let me win the lottery so that yeah. I can go do all this good, right? These are very benign signs that, you know, he's asking for, right? Like, hey, make this make this fleece wet. Now make it dry, right? Like that's that's not going to change his outcome in life at mm. all. It's just it's that confidence builder for him to then go and do what he needs to do, right? Um so I I would I would uh I would I would also end with kind of that point, right? Like sometimes the ask isn't this great, grandiose, you know, like, God, if you really want me to do this, send me an army of 500,000 fully trained warriors. Oh, no army. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's just something so benign. That's it. I love that. That's all I got. I appreciate it. I enjoy. I appreciate your layman's perspective. No, oh, thank you. Well, I appreciate your layman's perspective. Thank you. I appreciate you. And look at this. Oh, the sands, sands of time, time are gone. Are gone, and we had a good time today. We did have a good time. All right. Well, we'll see everybody next week. All right, have a good one.